I am recording now. I've got okay. the little bounce cage for my microphone or whatever it's called. You got one? Yeah, you, you told me to get one, Mike. Yeah, but I didn't think you were actually going to do it. Mike, do you think I was going to just ignore your equipment suggestions? Yes, that's not, I That's did. not the kind of thing that I well, would do. Well, all right. Do. do you have a boom arm? Do you have a boom I arm? I have a standing desk. And uh, <laughs> I can... <laughs> like, what, what? <laughs> they're not the same. I, th- I think that they're functionally the same. And now that I have the little bounce cage with the rubber bands and whatever, I should be able to just like bop it up, bop, bop, tap the desk. Right, and you can shouldn't you just be able actually, to hear any I want to just, just hit the desk for me. Okay. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> okay, is that, is that what you needed? Because now all I hear is just the sound of the hitting of the desk. Okay. Right, which is what you want to hear. Like when I hit my desk, you just hear the sound of me hitting the desk. Whilst I still think you need a boom arm just for like general comfort, is much better for your posture because you don't have to move to the microphone. Yeah, I don't have to move you know, to the microphone You know, but that's on now. you. Like I'm just trying to help you out in your life by suggesting yeah. that. What I want in my life you have now given me, which is the, I don't know why you call it a roll cage, that's why I couldn't, I had no idea what you were talking about. It's a shock mount. Mounts the shocks, remember? Oh, it's shock mount. I, I guarantee you I did not call it a roll cage. I thought it was like this, the rubber band thing, whatever, okay. the rubber band cage. Okay. Yeah, that was definitely <laughs> what you called it. But anyway, levels, levels. <laughs> yeah, levels, levels. Levels, levels. We're all good to go, and I'm, I'm sure this little... Rubber band cage makes all the difference in the audio. So we're good. Let me just get the desk desk to exactly the right height. Exactly the right height. Okay. There we go. Now we're comfortable. Great. I am so busy. I have so much mm-hmm. going on right now. I genuinely, Greg, cannot remember a time in recent years where I have felt as tired as I feel right now. It's all good, though. Okay. Right. So, okay. like, I have a bunch of very exciting things to talk to you about today, mm-hmm. but like, I am so tired. Like, so we were originally meant to record this episode yesterday. Right. Well, and and but yesterday was already a delay from the other time. Yeah. yeah. This is one of the classics, and I think we have re- actually genuinely rescheduled this episode three times. This is yes. like the fourth. Yes, we have date of recording for this very wonderful episode. I'm pleased though, genuinely, because so much has happened in this last month. I'm happy that mm-hmm. we can now like wrap up this month with all the things that I want to tell you about. But we were supposed to record yesterday, and I basically spent the entire day yesterday struggling to just move. I was mm-hmm. so tired. Like, I can't remember yeah. a time in recent years where I have been so tired that, like, I lacked the energy to really be able to stand up. It was a very different day. So I ended up turning yesterday into, well, I would say my wife, Adina, coaxed me into turning yesterday into a day of relaxation. Okay, that's good to do. Which is not something that I'm very good at doing anymore. So that was very nice. We watched a bunch of movies. We had a great dinner. But that was because we have had an incredibly busy week. Mm -hmm. But I'll talk about why a little bit later on in the episode. Because there is something maybe more important happening right now, which is that Floating Time Zones has then come to the OmniFocus beta. So your Floating Time Zone support that you want so dearly is in Mm -hmm. the current beta release of OmniFocus. I wanted to know two things. One, are you on the OmniFocus beta and have you used it? And two, how excited are you? When you feel like a thing has has come close many times and has Mm -hmm. been promised many times, you can start to feel a little reserved even when it looks like the actual promise is really going to be fulfilled. Like they have publicly announced it. It's like release notes. I'm looking at the release notes. No, I get it. Like I I get it. I get it. I I remember, uh, I think it was mentioned... 
twice in the OmniFocus 2020 roadmap article that I always read that they publish. I'm like, what's going on? Tell me what tell me what's happening. And I saw like, ooh, time zones were mentioned twice. So like, yes, I'm 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 excited, but I w- I will not be able to fully relax until it is in the actual shipping release. The actual shipping release. So have you tried it? Are you on the beta version? No, I'm I'm not on the beta version. Yeah. And let me let me tell you. I could really have used it this month because, like mm. you, I have had a month like I haven't had in years. Hence the three <laughs> schedule changes. Yes, hence, like for both of us, it is it is a it is a small miracle from the cortex gods that we are able to record this episode at all. Yeah, and I have had a surprising number of long haul, last minute long haul flights in my life this month. And I could really have used floating time zones. I saw that it was in the beta, but I, I made the conscious decision of, okay, look, this is this is a month where lots of stuff is really happening. And mm-hmm. this is not the time to run a beta, even if it's for a feature that you have been hoping for for literally a decade at this point. Oh, especially because in the release notes... The bullet begins once your database has been migrated. Right. Yeah. Don't nope, do that. Nope. 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 <laughs> no nope, thanks. Nope. Like yeah. I'll do it. You know when it's shipped. Like I will. I'm fine. You know, leave it a couple of days. Make sure everything's good. But like, obviously, this is exactly as we expected as to why it's taken them so long to do this. They right. had to change significant things under the hood. Like they have had to create a new version of their database system. Mm-hmm. And this also ties into OmniFocus for the web. You have to migrate your database for that. And I think these two things have come together at the same time. Yeah, I get I get the impression that the that that's part of what's occurring. Mm. Is just like yeah, there's a lot of under the hood stuff for OmniFocus on the web, so that there can be OmniFocus everywhere, even for people who don't have Macs or iPhones and that kind of stuff. That's a huge transition under the hood, but that is also why like I wasn't going to run the beta software. I didn't even for this crazy month that I've had. I wasn't even willing to risk my usual trick of like, oh, I'll just manually copy paste my entire OmniFocus data into task paper and then put my uh, device into airplane mode, change the time zone, and then like paste it back in so that all everything is in the current time zone. I thought, you know what? This is not the time to risk it. I'm just going to deal with manually moving 20 items, you know, five hours this way and then five hours back and then three hours forward and three hours back because I just thought like I can't. I can't have something else go wrong this month, but I am very excited for the actual full release of Time Zones. It's like my number one feature for a long time, and I'm I'm super pumped that it's in the beta. So thank you, OmniFocus development team, for uh, for having it in the beta. I look forward to it in the final release. <laughs> when did when did you first ask? Like I'm not, I'm not putting them on blast here, but just because it's no, you know. no, no. Well, so someone should search it because I don't know when I first mentioned it on Cortex, but when I did mention it on Cortex, there's a forum post that's reporting it as a bug that I swear is like from 2011 or 12 or something that you can search for, like the first instance of. Hey, I I, uh, I flew from New York to California, and now all my timings are wrong. Like, I would like to file this as a bug. And they're like, yes, we'll put it on the list. Like, okay. <laughs> Whatever. There's, you know, now is the only thing that's real, and um, time zones and OmniFocus are coming soon. So great. The past is irrelevant. 
I have bought more keyboards and more. Jesus Christ, Mike. Okay. <laughs> Look. No, wait, wait. No, no, wait. Stop. Stop right now. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean? No, stop. Okay. Three episodes ago was mechanical keyboards. Never heard of them. Last episode was mechanical keyboards. Lots of them. And now you're telling me mechanical keyboards more than any mortal man should have. So, look, I know you you probably just want to run through some beautiful mechanical keyboards that you have found. Mm -hmm. But I would like, what is the total number of mechanical keyboards you either have in your physical possession now or are in in a current pending order status what are we looking at here mike the total including pending is four keyboards okay it's not too bad no it's not too bad no i have four so i have three now and i have one kickstarter campaign that i backed and that's everything in regards to keyboards okay but see the way you say that right in in regards to the boards of the key (laughs) (laughs) okay but but like what do you have a full collection of 3d pokemon keycaps they're still on the way i'm hoping that they will arrive soon but they're still on the way but i have ordered my first sets of keycaps okay replacement keycaps so i ordered two and i have one that is a group buy uh, but first, I want to talk about the Wait, new keyboard that I what's have. A, what's a group we'll get to We'll get to that. Uh, oh, we'll get okay. To that. okay. Can I click on these links now? I, like, I don't know if I'm allowed to click on links anymore since yeah, you got that last time. You're okay. allowed. So the first link you can click on now, a number of Cortexans, um, after the last episode where I spoke about how I really liked the Ergodex keyboard, that was the one that split in half. Yeah, the split one. But I said I didn't like the fact that so many keys weren't printed, right? Because it was confusing. To me, many people suggested this keyboard called the Digma Rays. I assume it's Digma. D Y G M A. Yeah, let's maybe let's run Digma. With that. Digma. 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 I'm gonna go with Digma. And this keyboard basically has the main features that I was looking for, right? Like it is a split keyboard with mechanical keys with a built-in wrist rest, which I prefer to the Ergodex, which has like a separate wrist rest. It has RGB and some level of customization but all of the important keys are print on them. This keyboard has four keys at the bottom, kind of the space bar that's split in half, and then Mm. two keys below that just have dots on them that can be programmed. But what I've done is, so I've got the the two kind of space bar keys, are space bars, right? Mm. And then I've configured the keys at the bottom to just be up, down, left, and right as the arrow keys. Mm. And that's it. If I want to, I can do this whole thing where I press a key and then all of your keys become other keys, but you don't know what they are, right? Like, it's just like, like you know, it's like you have infinite keys, but you have to remember what they all are. Like, I'm not into that because I just just don't remember. But this is exactly what I want. The RGB is amazing, including that it has like an underglow as well as each key. So like there's an RGB strip that runs around the actual frame of the keyboard. So it puts the color on the desk. As yeah, well as again keys? For, for the listeners who don't know what Mike means yeah. when he keeps saying RGB is like he he wants his keyboard to light up like a rainbow yeah and th- this one lights up both under the keys mm-hmm. and what looks like under the physical keyboard a bit yep. like if it was a spaceship landing on your so desk so good plus what I like about this keyboard is that like it actually fits together and then you can decouple it to make it into the split so I can have one half for each hand and I can mm-hmm. address it however I want I really like like that and it uses USB C 
to do that instead of the weird cable that the Ergodex uses, which is like a headphone cable. Uh, interesting. And then mm. it, the, it has a little USB-C splitter, which also has RGB in it. Oh, okay. Right. Yes. You don't have to have RGB, by the way. It's an option. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm just happy that I do have it, you know. I also have it to do it in black and silver, and the silver mm-hmm. has white keys and a white wrist rest, and that's the one that I bought, and I love it. I think this might be it, Gray. I think I've found, like... I'm sure that I will many more keyboards will come by my path, but I think uh-huh. this is going to be the one that I will be using the most of the time. Like, I've only had it for a couple of days, so I haven't been able to put it through full testing. Mm-hmm. But I think this will not only be the keyboard that I will want to use with my iPad, but there is a possibility that I may replace the keyboard on my iMac with one of these. Because it really mm-hmm. is, like, everything that I was looking for in a keyboard. So I'm I'm genuinely really happy with it. Like, I feel like I've found the at least like the base usable keyboard for me you don't have it physically with you right because this is still just a pre-order no no this one i have i have it it came like two days ago okay can you confirm for me then Mm -hmm. it looks like those wrist rests are not removable like you can't take them off right it's it looks like it's one single piece it has like a metal piece that runs down and then you can add on a like rubber part on top of it but that metal piece that the rubber part is on top of. That's part of the keyboard, yeah. Right, that's part of the keyboard. Yeah, okay. so if you don't like mm. wrist rests, then you won't like this keyboard because you can't. Yeah. At least it, I don't believe right now like they have an option where you can have that or not. So hmm. Okay. What I do have my eye out for is, while I love my mechanical keyboard, I would really like to, to use a split keyboard like mm-hmm. this. Like I do think that's better in the long run. But I don't love the wires... But if it's going to be wires, like, okay, has to be USB-C. I'm on a real USB-C crusade over here. Yeah, me too. And I don't love those wrist rests taking up a lot of space. Like, I kind of have my eye out for, oh, I want something that I can have in my backpack and use with my iPad. Oh, uh, I was going to say, like, what's wrong with the wrist rest? Your wrist will go there. But if you're putting it in a backpack, now I get it. This one does ship with, surprisingly to me, a really, this is not useful for you, but I just thought it was nice, a really lovely carrying case. That's a nice That's a nice touch. They didn't need to do that. No, they didn't. I wasn't expecting it. But, like, they're on their page, they talk about esports a lot. So maybe this is what you want in esports, right? You're going from esport uh, to esport. You want a little case for your keyboard. <laughs> yes, um, I believe that's the lingo. You're going from esport to esport. Yeah, of course. Just different esports, you know? You go into all the esports. So maybe you want a case for that. But I, to me, as just a general customer, I was like, oh, that's nice. Just This just feels, I'm, I'm genuinely like super thrilled with this one. I feel like I've got to the point where it's like, this is exactly what I was looking for mm. in this type of keyboard. I still feel like I want a regular keyboard as well. And I think I found the one there, which is the, I think I mentioned this last time, the Keychron one that I backed on Kickstarter. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that that will probably come sometime within the next seven years because it was a Kickstarter project. So like, you know. Yes. And as as we know full well, uh when you are manufacturing something, there can be delays Many. at any moment. Yeah. <laughs> I have so much more sympathy for delayed Kickstarter projects oh, than yeah. I than I did a year and a half oh. ago. <laughs> oh yeah. It's just like however you can just delay as long as you need. Like I'll be there to support you. Yeah, take your time, guys. Mm-hmm. I, I understand. But yeah, I really I really like this one. But then I also bought some keycaps, some replacement keycaps. Okay. So I've put two sets, two sets that I now own. One of them, the dummy key, which is all grays and orange. Okay. And I've that looks amazing. I put yeah, that on yeah, my that's, that's nice. WASD keyboard. 
So mm-hmm. I took off the wild colors that I have and put that on instead, and it looks really good. And then I also bought a set which has Japanese characters on as well as English characters because I thought it looked really cool. But I don't have a keyboard to put this on yet. Okay, so I just like I don't quite understand your label philosophy on keycaps here, right? Where you're yeah. like, oh, modifier keys that change the usage of keys. That's ridiculous. Japanese characters alongside right, but my they have the other English letters on them. Yeah, so but it's just clutter. Thing. It's just clutter. No, but it looks right? nice. It's just like a, it's just like visually pleasing to me. Hmm. I mean, you are a bit of a Japanophile, so like yeah. maybe I have to let that slide. But it's not visually pleasing. I know where the letters and numbers are on my keyboard. Right. Right. They're not the problem. It's the blank modifier keys in random arrangements that's the problem, right? Like, that's mm. the issue with the Ergodex. It isn't just that they're blank, they're like different shapes and in places where keys usually aren't. And if, like, you can memorize that, that's great. Or you can't. Lots of companies make replacement keycaps for the Ergodex, right? Mm. So you can, like, order ones and put them in. And I just hadn't done that yet because I wasn't completely sold on this keyboard. Right. Um, and I think, really, like as soon as somebody sent me a link to the Digma Arrays, I was like, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Like, that is much more aesthetically pleasing to me, mm-hmm. where like the Ergodex, for all of its benefits, kind of just looks like generic PC keyboard just cut in half. Yes. It's like yes, big, it thick, black, and chunky. Yeah. And the Digma has got like more of a style to it that I like. It's just kind of cooler looking, which I do want as well. Like, I want it to look cool as well as be functional i enjoy that this set of japanese keycaps is trying to play both sides of the computer field with their super key is it a windows key or is it a is it a command key no it's the super Super key key. i have i haven't heard that before uh but i like that some companies will ship you like windows or mac keys yeah um, and this one does come with a bunch of extras like this. This, but I, I actually quite liked Super as like a just a key. I just that was kind of fun. Yeah, it's a funny name for the key, and it and it also immediately makes sense. Like, oh, it's the Super key. Yeah, of course, mm-hmm. that's the command, or it's the Windows key. I can just imagine them sitting down in a meeting, going, "Do we really have to print a little command symbol and a little Windows symbol? Like, what can we do here, guys? Or an, and a little penguin? I don't know what Linux does these days. I oh, you like know, it. if you go to the next one, so the one underneath." the GMK Future Funk, which is the other keycap set that I bought, that also mm. has Super. So seems like it must just be pretty normal in the keycap world. Um, so this was, I said group buy. This is a group buy. A group buy is when somebody has an idea for a design mm-hmm. and they want to make it, but they need to know how many people want to buy it. So they put up the page and people buy it. And then it gets made and shipped to you like this one. I bought it like a couple of weeks ago and I might get it in October. This is like a thing that happens in the keycap world a lot because it's just like people who have designs and they put these designs on websites and you buy it and then you'll get it at some point in the future. So this is the first one of these that I've done. So it was like a Kickstarter, but you already know that you can make the thing. It's so it's just it's just a design, right? Let's let's do like a pre order for a, a design. Yeah, thing. but they're like they typically are very long lead times on hmm. these things. I just saw this one. It's like lots of purples and yellows and pinks. I just really loved the look of the the keys. So hmm. I have bought this set as well. That's very exciting. That's very exciting for you. Yeah, yeah. What I need is more expensive hobbies, like guys clearly yeah. one I need. So here I am. I, I but this this really does like 
it speaks to that exact part of me that enjoys collecting things. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, no, you got to catch all the Pokemon keycaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing that you need to do. You need all the Japanese characters on your keyboard. Otherwise, you're just incomplete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. That's going to be a really nice looking keyboard, right? Like when I find one to put the Japanese characters on, like that's just yeah. going to be nice office dressing. It, it, it is. It's, it's going to look lovely. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by DoorDash. It is the year 2020. Delivery is way more than just pizza. And look, you're busy. You don't always have time to cook. It's okay, because of a selection of your favorite flavors from across the globe, DoorDash lets you order world cuisine, all from the comfort of your own living room. Getting your meal delivered means you'll be able to take back time in your day to finish that project, get in that workout, or finish up with chores. This is the stuff that DoorDash lets you do. Ordering is super easy. You open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Your favorite restaurant is probably already on DoorDash, because there are over three 310,000 restaurants in over 4,000 cities with door-to-door delivery in all 50 US states, Puerto Rico, Canada and Australia. You can order from your local go-tos or choose your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A and the Cheesecake Factory. One of the awesome things about DoorDash, in my opinion, is it's not just like, oh, I'm hungry now, let me order now. You can actually also schedule orders for advance. So you could be like, oh, okay, it's lunchtime, we're, we're good. Oh, you know what? I think I want pizza tonight, or I think I want Chinese tonight, or I think I want tacos tonight. Well, you can just open up DoorDash, find your local favorite spot, order in advance, easy peasy. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Cortex. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and use the promo code Cortex. So download the app now, start planning your dinner, and get $5 off your first order from DoorDash with the promo code Cortex. Our thanks to DoorDash for their support of this show and Relay FM. The thing I was thinking about with the mechanical keyboard about, oh, one to put in my backpack is because i've been using the regular like apple magic keyboard it's just like a keyboard to have with me it's a good backpack keyboard because it's so thin when you're traveling with a macbook doesn't hurt to have a spare keyboard with you just in case when you're traveling Mm -hmm. which is not the least but just because it's nice to be able to type at a different level from the screen like when you're on an airplane and all that kind of stuff but what i also tried at your suggestion which is a truly mind-bending experience the first time you do it is i connected my trackball mouse to my ipad Mm. to try out the the cursor mode yeah the cursor mode and let me tell you any listeners out there who haven't tried connecting a wireless mouse to your ipad you should do it just to play around for 10 minutes because it's so weird it's it's very very weird experience and i am so glad you told me Think of it like a finger. Don't think of it like a pointer, because that that really helped. It was very interesting to try. And in a couple of situations when I'm writing and I'm just using my iPad, I've had the mouse out like because my little ergonomic mouse can switch between two devices. So it's like, OK, I'll just set the iPad as the second device. And it's useful to use that to like click between different parts of a script and the way that Ulysses displays things. Uh, so it's it's really interesting. I hope Apple keeps developing it 
And I couldn't believe like what you said, all the different settings where I decided to set like the right click button to just be expose, like go to expose mode, uh, you know, all the apps mode on iOS, Mm. because like I'm never going to right click on anything else. And you know what I use all the time? I use show me the multitasking mode. I will say my my pro tip, though, is to set the right click as long press. Okay, right click is long press. Yeah, because more and more in iPad OS, you get those contextual menus, right? When you long press. Yeah, I just never really use those. I feel okay. I feel like I never. I think they are becoming more and more important over time. Mm. Right? Like it feels like more and more apps are using those now. And but then you yeah. you know and you use the Logitech one, right? The Logitech yeah. logo mouse. They yeah. have tons of buttons on them. Yeah, there's buttons to spare all yeah. over the place. So you can put expose. I mean, you can keep it as you want, but I, the lo- having long press set to a button is very useful because that is becoming like a thing in iOS more and more. I think you're right. It's going to be used more now that there's been the consolidation of 3D touch versus long press. Yeah. Like, hey, there's just one thing. So now it makes more sense for developers to use. Because it just wasn't something you could have on iPad because there wasn't a 3D touch, right? So it's like, well, it's it's popping up in more and more places. Yeah. And if you try that out in a lot of places, you end up learning good functions like there's a lot of things that that developers are not hiding but giving you additional Mm -hmm. access to by using the long press function so it's pretty Mm. good to have it there and it once you use the cursor for a while especially if you're going between mac and ipad having a what looks like right click menu mapped to the right click button helps with the jumping between device to device oh that's a good that's a good point okay yeah i'll remap it yeah you're right that long press is effectively a right click, right? Like that's yeah. what they're trying to, to to mirror with that. And so it helps when you're moving around from, from thing to thing. No, that makes perfect sense. You're right. I'm going to remap that because that, that, that's a better muscle memory thing mm-hmm. and especially projecting into the future. You're totally right. And because I, because yeah. I was just thinking like iOS, right click, never heard of it, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> this, doesn't, this doesn't exist at all. However, there's, there's one thing, Mike, while it was mostly a mind-bending experience in a really pleasant way, like, oh, this is just like a fun, different way to, to use this device. One thing which I searched high and low for and I couldn't find a setting for, and I was like, God damn it, Apple, you're always you're always gonna get people sooner or later, and sometimes you're playing the long game, is I couldn't find a way to reverse the scroll direction when you use the scroll wheel. Oh. Do you know if there's a setting for this? Because I well, looked. No, because I'm a man of the modern world. and Right. No, I know. Right? This is, But this is it. It was like I had flashbacks to I can't remember which operating system it was where they they added like natural scroll on the trackpad. So on the computer, when you put your finger on the trackpad, if you push up the page that you're looking at will scroll up. Yeah. And then they reverse the direction so that if you have a wheel on your mouse, that it should, if you push up on the wheel, it should move the page up. Yeah, I don't think you've explained that. Can I try, can I try explaining that again? Because I feel like you, you made that more confusing. Go, go right ahead. So the old way of scrolling is you push up and you will go to the top of a page. Push down, you will go to the bottom of a page. That's how it used to be on trackpads and on scroll wheels. No, but no, the problem is like there, there actually is a difference between the trackpad and the scroll wheel behavior, which makes this slightly confusing. Really? Yes, there, there, there is. It's, what is the it's difference? Odd. You can have the trackpad 
scroll in the opposite direction from the way that the mouse wheel works. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get what you mean. Think you can separate, you can add them differently. But what I mean is like yeah. that's the way it always was, right? That you would yes. push up to, to go to the top, push down to go to the bottom. But then it got changed on trackpads first to mirror touch devices where moving your finger up would take you to the bottom because you are physically moving the page. Yes. I think it was the right move to make. I stand by it because... I think it makes, especially for trackpads, logical sense that you are yes, yes. moving the content. But I understand that like it breaks a little bit for some people with scroll wheels. But for me, like I just went all in on what is called natural scrolling now. Yes, well, that's that's also where like when Apple did that, like we've invented natural scrolling. It's, it's like you bastards, right? It's like oh yes, uh, my preference is for unnatural scrolling. Apple, mm-hmm. thank you, thank you so much. And and like I agree, I'm totally on board with the conceptualness of it. I think it makes sense. It's just that with a scroll wheel on a mouse, my argument is ergonomic that. You just have more strength and it's more comfortable to close your hand than to open your hand. And it's something that you can just feel immediately if you put slight resistance that, you know, you know, it's like an alligator's mouth, right? Like the closing is the natural stronger gesture and the opening is very easy to prevent. Mm. And so on a computer, when you're looking at web pages, you want the the gesture that you're going to do the most, which is... I want to see more of this page, which means scrolling down on the actual page. You want that to be the closing hand gesture. You don't want it to be the opening hand gesture. And so that's why I'm with them for touchpads. But I was like, ah, whatever. They put an option in for scroll wheels on mice. There's no problem. But it's but it's like Apple's playing the long game and they're just sitting there waiting like a silent submarine and like oh, don't worry, we'll get you eventually. And I feel like with iOS, here's where they've gotten me. Like, I don't think they're going to put in an option to reverse the scroll wheel direction. I think there's a 0% chance of that. Yeah, because they have a lot of button mapping, but I don't remember seeing that as an option. The very fact that I couldn't believe, because Apple is famously averse to options, but I couldn't believe how many options they gave you for customizing what the mouse does on iOS. you know where they're not averse to options? Accessibility settings. And that's where this is, right? Because in accessibility environments, Environments, you need to be able to give people lots and lots of choices so they can set it yes. up just how they need it. You know, which is like you can get lost for like an hour in the accessibility screens and the settings on iOS because there's so many of them. Yeah, with any new iOS converts, I always tell them there's two places where they hide the good stuff. Place number one is accessibility settings. Like that's where that's where a bunch of the good stuff is hidden. And then my mom calls this thing the share square, which I absolutely love and I think it's a better name, and I'm gonna like suggest that apple rename it to be the share square but it's the share square the little square that has the arrow coming out the top of it i think at the very least we should adopt that verbiage from now on on this show because i think that that is absolutely fantastic that is so much better than share sheet yes i know i know my mom said share square once years ago and it completely got in my brain and I always I feel like I've tried on the show to say the proper name if it ever comes up but I've just decided to give up because share square is a million times mm-hmm. better. But it's like okay, accessibility settings and share square. Like that's where the good stuff is hidden on iOS. Mm-hmm. But yes, it was digging through all of those mouse settings. I kept, I was like there seems to be one setting here that's conspicuously absent, and there is no way this is an oversight with all of these other buttons. And I feel like that's Apple 
you know, they, they had that shiv behind their back for 10 years waiting, waiting, waiting to get you if you still liked unnatural scrolling direction with your mice. Mm-hmm. And now this is where they finally stuck it in. I'll still make the argument that it's an accessibility setting, which direction the wheel goes. But I don't expect this one to change. I was really glad that you suggested that I try iOS with the mouse. It's a, it's a really interesting experience. And I can very much see myself using it in many situations where I don't have to use the scroll wheel. It's different. Yeah, but it's different. It works in its own way. As long as you remember, very important that you remember, the cursor is your finger. Your cursor is not a yes. mouse pointer. yes. But because the cursor is your finger, you can do things like notification center. You can bring up the dock. You can do all mm-hmm. this. You can do everything your finger can do, which mm-hmm. is not the same as what the Apple Pencil can do. So it's good yeah, for that. Yeah. Another thing that you mentioned to me a couple of episodes was just taking your AirPods Pro mm-hmm. on a flight. Yep. And I thought, oh, that's, that's an interesting thing to try. And four weeks ago, Gray thought, well... I don't have any flights to try this on for several months, so I'll have to wait. But little did he know that he had many, many chances to try out AirPods Pro on flights in the upcoming weeks. And I thought, okay, I brought them along with me, and I brought my regular Sony WM3000 wireless noise-canceling headphones, which are whatever... Sony's current generation of like the over ear, uh, expensive. You mean the WM Dash One Thousand XM Three? Oh God, it's the XM Three. Yeah. I thought they named them like the Harry Potter brooms, where it was like one, you know, three thousand is the third one, and four thousand was the fourth one, but apparently not. Okay, their naming system is crazy. But yeah, it's their third generation. Oh no, wait, ones. sorry, the XM Three are the little ones. Oh yeah, I mean like the over ear over your head ones mm. wmq 47 5000s i think is what they're called of course yeah that's, that's their name but whatever they're like i think they're the best noise canceling headphones i've ever used so no, they are the wm 1000 xm3 sony call, call them just call them oh yeah give them w- a name. oh my god okay so the over-ear ones are WM-1000 XM3. The ones that go in your ears are WF-1000 XM3. Does, does F Why? stand for four in your <laughs> ears? For the is ears that... only. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and M is for maximum head space. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What? A H. No, it's H for head. Yeah, Just head. head. Headphones. Headphones. Yeah. And the F is... For earphones. There we go. We got it. We got <laughs> For it. earphones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot they, the, the, those F1s are like their little AirPod competitors, right? I forgot yeah, they even yeah, made yeah. those things. Yeah, because ev- everybody in the world is making clones of AirPods now since it's a... Uh, like those articles about how it was like a bazillion dollar business just on its own. Uh, it's crazy oh, it how popular Oh, it would be like are. in the Fortune 100. Like just yeah. AirPods. It's, it's wild. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so I had a whole bunch of situations to literally try the two headphones back to back. And it it occurred to me when on my very first flight, I had a screaming baby behind me. And I thought, let me try to mentally recontextualize this baby as a testing environment for my nice. different headphones. <laughs> really, that, that baby was actually perfect. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just like, I just want to say it was, 
it was really interesting. And so I find I find myself in this position of super pumped for the next version of AirPods from Apple. Because like my, my result was basically the Sony headphones are still better. The AirPods are in most circumstances like 80% is good, but there was one place where they really fell down and that I thought was surprising, and it was with human voices. Mm. So on the flights, there were a number of times when if I had my AirPods in and the noise canceling was on. And the one that was really bad that was shocking was the like the safety video. And I honestly thought, like, do I even have noise canceling on? Like the voices were just coming through really clearly. But that's great though, Greg, because you should always pay attention to the safety video. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> and like the safe the safety video is now a commercial with which to advertise Star Wars to you. But you know, mm. that's that's you know. Uh of course, whenever you are running something with noise canceling. And you think, do I have it on? And then you turn it off. You are you are shocked with the raw cacophony of the world actually around you. Yep, but I did yep. find it was interesting that like voices and particularly voices like pilot announcements and anything over a speaker, the AirPods were clearly significantly worse at that kind of thing of being able to cut that out as a distraction. Hmm. And so... With my Sony headphones on, I could totally read while the safety video is blathering on about whatever whatever things may or may not be important for the plane. And like I can pay attention to what I want to. And with the AirPods, that was way harder. But the thing is, I cannot wait to not have to carry the huge bulk of my Sony headphones. Well, this is my feeling on this. It's like, of course they're not as good. Of course, mm. right? Because... The over-ear headphones are going over your ears. Like, just mm-hmm. the seal that they are able to provide is always going to be better, right, than, than like, non-custom-molded in-ear tips. Mm-hmm. But even if they are 80% of the way there from the technology of the noise cancelling, that makes them, like, 150% because they're tiny. They yes, go in your pocket. Yeah. I am with you on this, but it's why I wanted to test in some settings. Yeah. And like I was lucky or sort of, yeah, I was lucky for A-B testing purposes. But on another journey, I had a real like chatty person, you know, chatting with their chatty friend Mm. behind me about the tiny details of their lives. And again, it was a situation where it was useful to like because with noise canceling what you're trying to do is avoid the worst possible scenarios and i was aware like in this situation the airpods i wouldn't feel like i have blessed relief and escape from the reality around me in this situation where someone's going to talk behind me for a few hours and so i'm still willing to bring the big headphones yep. to mitigate that downside but like Apple is so close and those Sony headphones are so big. And when I look at my backpack and I try to think what thing in here is the least good ratio of size in backpack versus how much I want it in backpack, the headphones, the Sony headphones are totally the losers in that thing of like, this is the piece of equipment that I want to replace Mm -hmm. the absolute most. I just want to say again, how good the noises are when you switch mode. 
So when you go from like transparency mode where they are amplifying outside sounds, some outside sounds, and noise cancelling where they're trying to basically get rid of as much as possible, there are these two distinct sounds that it makes. Yeah. And the one when you turn on noise cancelling, it almost feels like it's like almost a sound of closing. Like mm-hmm. the, that one sounds closing and the transparency mode sounds opening. You're like mm-hmm. they, They've got good noises to them. And when I hear that closed sound, it's like someone's put a blanket on me. That's a good way to describe it, yeah. Because it's like such a comfortable feeling. Because I know that when I've turned that on, I want noise to go away. And Mm -hmm. it's like I get this like beautiful sound and then the outside world is muffled. And it's almost like someone has just put this blanket on me and now I'm in like this much more comfortable environment. Yeah. That trigger response to those noises is very good. And and they've like, bravo to Apple's sound design department for for coming up with those because they are perfect. Yeah, they really are perfect. And with Apple and Apple products, there's always the agony and the ecstasy of all of the things. But with the AirPods, they have done such an amazing job and like they're one of the best products Apple has come out with in years. Yep. And you talking about like, oh, it's a weird feeling of comfort the way they make the sound go down. I think that's part of what I was trying to express when I was saying it, it has this augmented reality feel yes. of like by by pressing this button, I'm not doing something with my electronics. I feel like I'm changing the world around me. It's like incredible. It's, yeah. It's so hard to describe. Because it feels like a lot of the time, like you can barely feel them in your ears because they're so light because there's, yeah. there's just nothing to them. There's no cables that it is possible to forget you even have them in. Yeah. So having this tiny little thing being able to change the world around you, it, it really is. It's very special. It's the best product they've made in a long time. Like yeah. the AirPods took what took that crown, and the AirPods Pro just destroyed them. Like this, yeah, just took it so again. Oh, good, yeah. so good. Yeah, I was thinking earlier, like, oh, what am I excited for? And like, I'm really desperate and excited for a new smaller pro laptop of like that as a purchase mm-hmm. that is well overdue for me. But I am I am much more excited about whatever the next generation of the AirPods Pro is going to look like, because I, I really think at that point I'll be able to just have those little headphones with me and not have to have the bigger headphones. So I was just very surprised at how well, under most circumstances, they held up. And it's only because of a couple little things that I thought, I'm, I don't feel like I'm bringing the comfort blanket with me yet fully by just having those, but it's so close. And if they can make another 20% improvement from where they currently are, I can totally drop these big headphones that I take with me. And and save like a huge portion of this annoying space in the top of my backpack that I just like I'll never have to deal with again. So they were really, really good. And that transparency mode of flipping back and forth, especially when you're traveling to be able to do the little click and like talk to the gate agent and then click make the world go away. It's fantastic. Like the Sony's theoretically have the exact same feature, but it just it's a little too slow. It has a it has a slight lag, so you feel like you're you're behind reality in a way, and just like the Apple One, just perfectly nails it. It's it's fantastic. 
This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace because they will let you put your project online. No matter what type of website you want to build, they have all of the tools that you're going to need. Whether you want a blog, a portfolio, an online store, a site for your business, a site for your band, a site for your restaurant, no matter what it is, Squarespace has the tools. They are an all-in-one platform that will let you do just that. They can also let you register a unique domain name, customize their award-winning templates to show things off in the exact way that you want, and so much more. Squarespace have everything covered. You don't need to install anything or patch anything or upgrade anything. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support, so if you need any help, they will be there for you. I have been a fan and a user of Squarespace for so many years now. If anybody I know wants to start a website, I say to them, look, just go to Squarespace. It's so easy. They have all of the features that you need, and they're adding new stuff all the time. It is an all-in-one package that I really, really value. So go try it out for yourself. Go build your own website right now. Go to squarespace.com slash cortex. You can sign up for a trial. There's no credit card needed. And when you're ready to launch your brand new wonderful website to the world, just sign up for one of their plans. They start at just $12 a month, but you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show by using the offer code cortex when you check out. That is squarespace.com slash cortex and the code cortex for 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. So lots of unexpected plane journeys definitely feels like a uh, clarity <laughs> moment in your year of clarity, right? A clear, very clear. <laughs> so how's your yearly theme going? Yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned that because... I think of the last four weeks that I've had as I was originally thinking, like, what is this? Has this been the month of emergency? Like, but emergency is not the right word because there, while there have been literal emergencies, it's more been like the month of unexpected urgency is is the mm. way I would describe it. Like, Fun. Mm. yeah, sort of surprise. This needs to happen right now. Surprise. That needs to happen right now. I think it's one of these things where the flexibility of the theme really helps. Like, what you know, what does it mean? What does it mean under different circumstances? I've really felt that for a bunch of these things that needed to be acted on quickly in my life, because I've been thinking since the summer about clear priorities, it's, it's had a knock-on impact on decisions of like, oh, I need to fly to America for a family thing right now. And it's just like kind of run through the decision in my head of, of like this is happening or it isn't happening yes it is here's the reasons why and it's just great you're you're having a very busy unexpected terrifyingly unexpectedly busy month but any particular moment has felt like yes this is the thing that i need to be doing right now and you know there's lots going on but at any moment you can do one thing and this is the thing flying to america for this for this thing right or there's a family emergency over there like other things need to happen but it has been really good to have year of clarity in the background and i think there's a way in which 2 years ago me would have just not handled this remotely as well correct i was just thinking like i did a thing that if i told two years ago me he would just refuse to believe that i did it i was in the heartland of america and coming back to london and very shortly before i was about to take a like a red-eye flight overnight something came up where it was 
oh, there's a thing that you should really do elsewhere in the UK. And I thought about it. I thought about what are the priorities of things that I'm trying to achieve this year. And I was like, okay, this makes sense. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get on this red-eye flight. I'm going to try to sleep overnight. When I land in the UK, I'm going to have about an hour's give time where I'm going to go straight from the airport to get on a train to go somewhere else in the UK for like another thing that I'm going to do. But the very idea that I would even consider doing anything after a red-eye transatlantic flight previously, like I wouldn't have considered it. That sounds very out of character for you. It makes sense in the context of what was I trying to achieve. Anytime I can say that to you, <laughs> I will always take that opportunity. Yeah, but like I think that was the most Casey Neistat I ever felt of like, I'm going to have this wacky travel schedule of mm. I've been in another place and at the, at the last possible second, I'm going to make a decision to extend a thing even longer. But it really fit into this pre-existing framework of here's what I'm trying to do. And so I did it. I was very tired, but it was good. And the other part of this that I'm really pleased about is, for me, what Year of Clarity is has been a focus on, like we were talking last time about the, some of the mechanics of the creative side of this, like this idea of locking down three topics of like, okay, these three topics are locked, having a clear idea of what state all of the various videos are in. and so. Even while I've had this terrifyingly, unexpectedly urgent and busy month, I've also been really happy with continuing to move the top locked project forward. Not as fast as I would have been able to do if these things hadn't come up. But again, it's, it's a case where I'm really aware like, oh, two years ago, me would have made almost no progress on this video. But I think just having in my head this like concept of there are locked projects and one of those is the top locked project really helped me in a bunch of different times to focus on if you have time, keep trying to move this one forward in various different ways. So it's been an interesting and crazy month, year of clarity, helping with a lot of focus and how I'm, how I'm thinking about what I'm up to and, and what I'm doing. Mm. I know your year of refinement is moving along because I got an adorable photo from you the other day. Do you even remember what it was, Mike? Mm -mm. You sent me a photo of the pot that you had made in pottery class. Oh, we're talking about my pottery class? <laughs> All right, yeah. I, re I really love that. I really enjoyed getting that. I, well, I have another photo to send you then because they've been glazed now. Oh, wow, okay. So I I hadn't spoken about this yet because it was like a thing that I was trying. I wanted to see if it was something that I liked, mm -hmm. and it is. And I want to try and do more of it. It's difficult because you need a lot of space for pottery. Really, like you can't. It's not something that you can easily do at home, right? Right. But I found a class in London, and I went and took the class one day, and absolutely loved it. Yeah. And so I'm I'm going to, you know, it's difficult to try and work out how to 
do these things regularly, but we're going to take、mm-hmm. like a longer class, like a multi-day class, because it's just a couple、mm-hmm. of hours. But I got the chance over two hours to sit down at a pottery wheel after very basic instruction, and I made four pots that I was kind of happy with, actually really happy with. I'm thrilled with them, Gray. And、uh, do you see the picture I sent you now? I do. They look very glazed. They look like you can use them to put things in them. Yeah, and I'm super happy about it. It's like it's a very serene thing. And I、mm-hmm. one of the things that I really like is you've got clay all over your hands, so you can't touch your phone.、Mm-hmm. Because you just can't do anything about that. So, the other thing that I really like about it, and it's what originally drew me to this, like I'd see. So I watched a YouTube video. There's a there's a YouTube channel that I love、uh, by the cooking magazine Bon Appetit, and、mm-hmm. one of the shows that they do is a show called It's Alive with Bradley Oney, which is just one of my favorite things that I found last year. It's just pure joy. And in this one episode, he goes to a like a pottery studio. And they do lots of shots, like really lovely shots of plates and bowls being made. And the thing that really astounded me about pottery is that you effectively take a lump of clay and make something out of what is nothing, really,、mm-hmm. right? So using your own hands, you shape this object into existence. And when I sat down at that pottery wheel for the first time. I was astounded at how I immediately felt that—that that like、mm-hmm. my hands were resulting in this thing being made, and every movement that I made of my fingers would change the shape of the pot. And so, like, I kind of worked out roughly like how to put like a lip on something. Like, I just worked that part out on my own because it was like, well, if I just kind of like try and bend this around my finger a little bit, like. And and it was just joy, and I loved it, and so it's something that I want to try and do more of. It is way out of my remit right now to be able to do this regularly at home because it's、mm-hmm. just I live in an apartment. Like, what am I gonna do?、Uh, yeah, there's there's not a lot of space in your house for the pottery wheel. No, like, I think that's、uh... <laughs> and like so you know there is possibility at some point in the future. Like, if it's something that I really get into, that I could like rent something with someone. Like that's、mm-hmm. you know that is a thing you can do or like, you know you can rent a lot of time in a like almost like a timeshare type. I was gonna, that's that's exactly what I was going to ask. You have timeshares for pottery wheels. I think so. Like I genuinely think so. Or like you know you you meet someone who has their own shed and they let you pay them to use it.、Mm-hmm. There's still lots of classes that I can take, and that's something that I want to do more over this year. It's just like a little hobby that I definitely can't turn into any kind of like part of my professional life. Right, except for like referencing it here, like this is as much as it's going to be, right? Like I went to a party class and I enjoyed it,、yes. and that's it, right? There's not really anything more I can tell you of it in that. But this is exactly the type of thing that I was thinking about in my year of refinement, because if this is a thing that I do and enjoy, it's like another part of my life that I feel makes me more interesting to people, because it's、mm-hmm. like here is a thing that I do, and I sometimes I have this interest in making pots, and like I've done it now, and here are the pots that I've made, and. It's and it's also just kind of like giving me more things to care about that aren't work and like cannot be impacted、right. by work. You know, I say this right now, but it maybe some people think it's about the pen world. Don't think there's a lot of news in the pottery world. Like, I don't think 
you know the new pottery release is like a big thing probably there is though there's every industry and also another thing there's a there's a you're familiar with the great british bake-off right yeah vaguely but you're aware of this show right that exists as like a yeah i'm aware of it yeah. baking competition yeah. there is a show on channel four in the uk right now called the great pottery throwdown which is like mm. a pottery okay. version of that it's like a pottery competition like a reality competition and I've been watching mm. that at the same time, which has just furthered my interest in this as a potential hobby for me. But I got this as a present, so Adina got me this as a gift. And I was really excited, but like really nervous because I mm. wanted to love it, you know? And and it's it's nerve-wracking going into that kind of situation when you really want to love something and you're just but you have no idea what it's gonna be like because you could end up like being disappointed, you know, because it's like, I really want to love this, but I actually might hate it, you know, and when I do it, because it's quite physical and it's difficult, but like I kind of immediately took to it and I was really impressed with myself. Like I I, I, I was really pleased and it was just really <laughs> lovely. I was quite charmed by that photo and I thought, oh good, Mike's starting his classes mm-hmm. and, you know, ex- exploring in these various ways and... It it sounds like it's more viscerally satisfying to handcraft a pot than it is to handcraft a podcast where both both are created directly through the movement of your hands, but it's not quite the same experience. And also, like, not that I'm trying to be Mike the Artiste here, but, like, right. I think I described this to you once, that, like, really heavy podcast editing, like what I do to this show, where I listen mm-hmm. back to the whole thing and really kind of, like take it from something and then cut it down and move things around, like really like craft something. It reminds me of sculpture that you are taking a thing and taking tiny pieces out of it. Yes. Until you're left with an end result. If I could describe it to any other form of art, it feels like that one where you are Mm -hmm. removing from something to be left with a end result. Yeah. But there's a big difference to me in having something at the end which is like why I'm so happy with the journal, right? Because we have something. It's a physical thing. Like, Yeah, it feels so different to yeah. look at a, a physical product and say, oh, this is this has come into existence because, because of the- yeah, yeah, because of like things that have, have been done, right? Like yep. it's, it's a real part of the world. I've got one right on the table next to me. It's like it's here and it's real in a way that the podcasts are great but it's it's a different experience seeing a new download that you have created show up in overcast versus seeing a notebook on a table it's, mm-hmm. there's just there's just something that's different about it i yeah. mean especially the thing, you know the thing for me i'm desensitized to it because of the sheer amount of podcasts i produce right right yeah but these pots that i've made these four pots that i made like I'm just so proud of them. <laughs> so charming, you know? Mike. Because, like, I took these lumps of clay and and put my strength into it and mm-hmm. tried to make something out of them. Like, every single one of them, I tried to make it something. And they didn't all come out as, like, exactly how I imagined in my mind. But two of them did, mm-hmm. right? Like, two out of that four, like, I tried to make them look like that. And now they look like that. And... Unfortunately, like you, I had a bit of uh, unexpected emergency travel over the last month Mm -hmm. because we wanted to book in a class to glaze them ourselves. 
um, mm. because it's just like a whole other thing. But we had them glazed by the the by the studio that we did the course at but at some point over the next couple of months um i'm very busy right now which i'm going to get to very shortly i know i'm like really teasing this out but like i'm very busy right now so i haven't been able to book in like a longer course so like multiple day courses that you can do where instead of two hours you are there for like two or three days for like six hours a day probably you cannot move at the end of it because it is it takes a lot of strength Mm-hmm. You know, if you really want to try and do something right, like it takes a lot of strength. Um, I have a, a lot of respect for people that do this thing every day because it is, it's intensive. You know, I felt it for a couple of days, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's some muscles I don't usually use, you know. Yeah. Doing anything new that is remotely physical, you get to learn about muscles that you didn't know that existed in your body. Yep. I, I, I know. For example, horse riding, you think... Oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just sitting on top of a horse. I hardly notice anything, right? It's like you're gonna notice tomorrow all p- many parts of your body that you did not know existed. This is new. I had no idea you knew how to ride a horse. <laughs> Doesn't everybody know how to ride a horse? No, um, Cray, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, look, you know, you, you take horseback riding lessons. That's, that's just thing people do. You take pottery classes. You take horseback riding lessons. Yeah. yeah, I guess we're all learning things about each other today. Yeah, you know? let's not get distracted. Um, um, I love your pots. Have you Instagrammed your pots yet? No, because I so I wasn't planning on telling the world all about this, but you yeah, did. Okay. So now, yeah, but now, so now I no, want I you to put them up on Instagram, okay. and then everybody, all the Cortexans, you can go give Mike some Instagram love for his pots. For his pots, I think I think he deserves it. Oh, thank you. Uh, so yeah, the and and also my business partner Stephen bought me for my birthday a wine tasting class. Oh. That was the very thing that you uh, you mentioned on the show yep. in particular. Yep. Okay. Uh, the company unfortunately didn't have any dates until May, but that's fine. So I will okay. be doing that. So that's another part of my refinement. So these things are all going well. And I have a new project. I've been mentioning a new project for a while. That new project has launched. It is a brand new podcast here on Relay FM called The Test Drivers. Um, working with the wonderful technology YouTuber Austin Evans, who I've been a fan of for years. And we are making a tech show together, testing out all kinds of technology. Now, the reason that this lends into my refinement is most of my technology coverage relates to Apple products. Mm -hmm. But my love of technology expands wider than that. Yeah, And that's what this show focuses on it's everything so it's like new tech old tech games consoles stuff from google amazon samsung apple who doesn't matter right like if it's technology that we think is interesting we will talk about it and we will as the name lends we will test it right so we're going to test things in detail the way the name test drivers came about is a few things to it one is it's like testing and working out daily drivers like that's the idea right mm-hmm. it's a phrase mm-hmm. that people use in technology like what is your daily driver what's the thing you use every day but i also when i came up with the name for the show because i was also thinking about things that are larger than the podcast itself so cortex brand has kind of changed my idea about how i name projects Right. We were lucky that the name of this show lent itself to more than just the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I always think it's interesting when people launch YouTube channels or podcasts or anything. If people are asking about names, I'm always in favor of like the more broad name. Like, don't. It's very easy to pen yourself in with a name mm-hmm. and then later on realize, oh, we've we've evolved from what that thing originally 
was yep. right like you know when I, when I see people name project the daily whatever it's like ooh, like are you really committing to daily for the life of this entire project like maybe don't so the name for this one was like it came from the mythbusters because what i like about the name the mythbusters is it relates to the television program but also the hosts they right, are yeah. the mythbusters and their show is called the mythbusters so for the test drivers, it's like me and Austin are the test drivers. We are the people testing the technology. Mm-hmm. And our show is also called that. Yeah. So we've got two episodes out by the time you're hearing this. The first one went in depth about the new Samsung phones, the Galaxy S20 line. Then mm-hmm. the second episode is more of, I think, the typical type of episode that we're going to be doing because we take one thing and we talk about it in a lot of detail. And it's basically trying to help me understand which Android phone to buy, Mm -hmm. which is a, I have found, as more I'm looking at it, seriously, a very complicated thing to do, especially right now. Like I feel like the beginning of the year is a very difficult time for working out what Android phone to buy. Yeah. Listening to you and Austin talk about the jungle of all of the different android Mm -hmm. things was crazy making to me like i you know because i'm not very much in this world at all no and it's like oh i knew you know android is a thing that multiple manufacturers can make but even even within just an individual company like the the product diversity Mm -hmm. i knew it was large but i didn't have any idea the level of craziness until i heard the two of you talking about it like it was it was literally it was very shocking (laughs) it really really was because it's very different to apple yeah oh yeah most of the large android manufacturers they have multiple phone releases a year apple is like hey we've got this thing for you and you're gonna like it there is a lots of rumors and i think that this is like a whole different thing suggests that's changing that they might end up doing two phone releases every year now with like four different lines of phone but that's like a whole thing for another day. whatever and it'll still be one tenth of one percent the diversity in the end correct market. correct very correct i'm really glad that you can finally talk about this project because you know you've told me about it for a while and i got a preview and for listeners who hear mike on his whole plethora of shows. I also really like this because I think it's the kind of project where in retrospect, you can see like little hints of this for a long time. I've been aware of you on other shows, like mentioning Android products or I forget when it was, but just was it like a year ago or so, but you bought an Android phone just to try out Mm -hmm. uh, and, and like to talk about on your other shows And so I think it's a very natural extension of a bunch of things that you've been thinking about anyway, Mm -hmm. and just like a perfect venue to explore further interests. Yeah, I really like to see that kind of project from creators that I know, things that to the audience might initially seem surprising, like, oh, I know Mike, he talks about Apple stuff. But if you're if you're paying attention to the development of that creator closely, you can see in retrospect, oh, it's not that surprising that he has now created a technology podcast that goes like very far afield from the core Apple ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So like I'm I'm just very happy to see someone develop in that way of like initially surprising, but in retrospect makes perfect sense. And this this project is 100% that for you. Like, yeah. it's a perfect evolution of your interests 
and also the public perception of who you are in the technology world. And that's the refinement. That's why yes. it ties into my yes, year I know. refinement. I know. That's why I was I was giddy about like the sort of the double meaning of refinement. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you clever boy. Like, I know what's coming. <laughs> and this is perfect for that. I want to be seen as someone who cares about all of technology because I do. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to get into more, right? Because I, I want to be able to have an outlet to talk about all of this stuff, mm-hmm. but also have a reason to try more things out. So... I'm I'm really excited, and Austin's like the perfect person to work with on this. Oh for yeah, me. yeah, because he is such a great communicator. It's what I really love about his YouTube videos is he can so easily make things that do not make any sense to me make sense. Mm-hmm. Like you know, people may remember when I built my gaming PC. Austin helped me not only his videos, right. but like I also had a call with him. I was like, I need, I don't understand what I'm doing. Right. Help me. Cause he's so good at that. And we get on really well and our chemistry is great. And so like, I'm very, very happy with how the show's come out. So I really hope that people will give it a try. Like I, I genuinely feel like this is a, a very important step in my career. Mm-hmm. Like, of who I want to be and the type of creator that I want to be in the same way that Cortex was, because before this show, people only knew me as a technology podcaster. And whilst Cortex, Cortex definitely has technology <laughs> roots in it, it's about a lot more than that. Yeah. It is that we hope that people don't, like, I don't want to, people to think of this as like an advice or productivity podcast. Yeah, because it isn't. But that people come to, because it isn't, but people can come to this show and take parts of it to apply to their working lives, right? Which is, I mean, I know that we're really like on a line with that one, but that's the way we see it. We are not here to give you advice, but we hope that by coming to this show, you may pick up something you can apply to your own lives, right? Which is like, it's a different thing. Yeah. The way I always think about it is, you know, it's it's a thing that I always felt myself looking for and appreciate, which is you get to hear people talk about the way they think about stuff or, you know, how they approach different kinds of problems in a very broad way. Mm-hmm. And it's it's useful just to be able to hear that because you're not always in an environment where that sort of conversation is naturally around you. So that, so that is the role of Gore-Tex. Mm-hmm. Because of that, it's a more personal show where the audience has gotten to know you much more as a person. Mm-hmm. But it is, it is not a show where I'm going to try an Android phone with you for a month. Right? No one like, will do that. No way. I've tried it. Right? No one will do it. No one will let me talk about folding phones. <laughs> No one's going to let me try out Android phones. But like that's yeah. like a whole other thing of the show. Like In an episode in the not-too-distant future, I'm going to switch to Android for a week and just see what happens. Have fun with that. I'm going to switch to Windows for a week, see what happens. Right? Like These mm-hmm. are the types of things that we're going to do, as well as talking about what is going on in technology now. We're also going to look at older products. We're going to look at like general operating systems. There is going to be an episode where I'm going to convince Austin to try out task managers because he doesn't have one and I don't understand. So, oh, my God. Yep, yep. Austin, Austin, what are you doing, man? I know. <laughs> OmniFocus is, has time zone 
support coming out. Like, now's a good time. You know, get like, Jesus Christ. Well, you could just use the app that already has it, which is Todoist, the greatest to-do manager. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, it, it, he, I will say he's very receptive to this episode. As of quite yeah. recently, was asking that we bump it up in our episode planning. <laughs> he oh, needs okay. it. Good, good. That, make, that makes me nervous to hear when someone doesn't have a system. Like, even, even if they have the, like, retro Snell style, oh, I just have a calendar. Like, whatever. You need something. So, Austin. Just gotta be something. Task managers, that should be episode three, not episode whatever you're planning on. <laughs> so, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm really just genuinely very excited about this project. It is also going to change a lot of like my work requirements, mm-hmm. which I'm intrigued about. Tools that are cross-platform were becoming more and more needed by me. Yeah, I, I was going to say, maybe, maybe don't switch to Windows during Cortex week. I mean, I know that I know that Cortex week is always your easy week, but still, I'd rather not. I'd rather not have Cortex yeah. be Windows week. Well, yeah. Well, I will also say, like, I mean, even in a switch to Windows, it will be for like what I do on my iPad. Right. Okay. Right. Like, I, I'm not keen on disrupting the recording workflow. Like, that's mm-hmm. like a whole thing where it's like, I'm not. I'm not going to take risks on that one. I think mm-hmm. for the time being. But, but yeah, I I'm so. I'm just so excited for what this project could end up being. Like I'm I'm really pleased with how it's begun mm-hmm. and I really hope that people, you know, I, I would say if you haven't heard the show now, probably start with episode two because episode one, if you haven't heard it, features a lot of information you now already know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just start with episode two. If you like it, you can go back and uh, we will have a show, I think, pretty much every two weeks. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of really cool plans for the show and i and i I cannot wait to see where it ends up going so i really really hope that people check it out uh relay.fm slash test drivers but you can find it in apple podcasts overcast pocket cast everywhere you get podcasts you can find it so go check it out put a link to episode two in our show notes so yep. that people can just click straight to there yes and i give will it a listen mm-hmm. so please please go give it a try especially especially if you are one of the people that's like i wish mike would talk about android you know, I wish yeah. I'd hear about Android or Windows on this show. Well, I've now made the show for you. Yeah. You just go there and you'll get it. No more of those comments because your your Android needs can be satiated. Mm-hmm. Not by me, though. By Mike. Not by you. Not by you. <laughs> not yet, anyway. No, no, never. It's not happening. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by ExpressVPN. There are so many VPN providers out there, but you want one that you can feel confident in, one that you can trust. ExpressVPN values your privacy. They do not log any data to make money from selling it. They're not like that. They're cool. ExpressVPN have developed a technology called Trusted Server that only stores data in RAM. It's super fast. You can stream HD quality videos with no lag. I have done this while I've been away or I've been wanting to use Netflix with my region at home when I've been away way i've been able to stream videos on hotel wi-fi using expressvpn rock solid it's super easy to use you just fire up the app click one button and you are connected and this app is on your devices whether it's phones tablets laptops you can even get them on tvs and more it's awesome plus expressvpn is loved by tech radar the verge cnet and more protect yourself today by going to expressvpn.com cortex and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package that's expressvpn.com cortex right now to learn more our thanks to expressvpn for their support of this show and all of relay fm big news time okay i have even more big news that wasn't the big news well that's big news but i have new big news i was gonna say that's pretty big news but you already knew that news i have news right. for you that you don't know a lot about okay tell me tell me i have got an office 
That's my sigh of envy. That's what that sigh was. Mega Studio, baby. <laughs> Tell me about your office. It's happening. That's the name, Mega Studio. Mega Studio. Because it's okay. more than an office, great. It's massive. <laughs> it's huge. It's Oh, you mean studio, like recording studio. You, yeah. you don't mean studio like a tiny room that also has the toilet in it where no. the desk is. Okay. So it's the opposite of that kind of studio. So this place is, uh, it's it's just a big room. Okay. It is uh, 630 square feet, this office. That seems pretty big. It's pretty big. It's uh, nearly the square footage of my apartment, um, is, <laughs> uh, is what we're looking at here. Much bigger than I need. Mm-hmm. It's maybe too big, but it gives me room to grow in. Basically, it's like the exact type of arrangement that I was looking for. It's a, I haven't bought, it's a rental agreement, it's a lease that we signed Mm -hmm. and it's for a couple of years, which is exactly what I wanted. I didn't want to do like one year. I wanted to Mm -hmm. do multiple years. I've sent you a picture. I will put some pictures in the show notes of me standing in the corner of Mega Studio in its empty state. Oh, wow. That's great. Jeez, that looks really big. Great. It's very big. I could have like a soundproof working space in this. Like you've got room to spare. I do have room to spare. We can, I will tell you about all my room to spare. It's on the like very upper limit of my budget. Mm-hmm. It's about the maximum that I would want to go, but I'm I'm pretty happy that it's like owned by a large company and not by an individual. Like it's kind of a really like best of both worldsy type situation because whilst it's owned by a large company, it isn't like one of these co-working space companies because right. we can do whatever we want to the space, mm-hmm. but we just have to return it to its original setting when we leave. Right, okay. Right? So if we want to drill holes in the wall, if we want to paint it, like we can do whatever we want, but when we leave, it just has to be painted all white and clean and nothing left in it, mm-hmm. which is like, yeah, that's perfect. That's what I want. That, yeah, that's, that is perfect. Right? That's, yeah, that, that's exactly what you want. It's all brick walls. There's no glass walls, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Glass walls, they don't let you drill holes in those they glass walls to put up stuff that you want. That's mm-hmm. not an option. So yeah, brick walls, much better for drilling holes than glass walls, speaking from experience. Yeah, I have lots of keys now. Mm-hmm. So I'd like a big key boy. I have lots of keys on my key ring. There's a lot of keys. You you sound excited by that. I'm not excited by keys that. Are, the keys are the worst. I hate it. I have because now I have to carry two sets of keys on one key ring. My home keys and my office keys. Right. It's three keys and a key fob is what I have to carry around me all the times now. The keys that you have to have, can you replace those with like some an electronic key, or are they public space kind of keys that you pass through? Two of them are public space things. Oh no! But like that's one thing I'm not really allowed to change. Because like right. that is technically <laughs> yeah. owned by the company, right? Like they own the building, right. and that's the door. Like we can't change the door because the right. door is all like you got to be fire safe, right? Like all, all those kinds of rules, right? So it's got to you know fire safety. But I don't want to carry a key. Fire <laughs> safety, schmire safety. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you don't care about airplane safety. Don't care about fire safety. You just live on the edge. Yeah. <laughs> My convenience above everything. That's that's how it goes. But I said expensive. Like the expensive thing is the creeping costs. <sighs> yes. So that's where it yes. gets you, right? So that is that is where they get you. Yes. You know, like they have the cost that they tell you the rent is every month, and you're like, "Ooh, that's expensive." But then, of course, nobody tells you. Like nobody ever tells you anything in this country <laughs> when you're a business, including the VAT price. 
Yeah. And it drives me mad. So VAT is like a it's a government mandated tax. It's called yeah, value added tax. tax. And at the moment it's 20%. And that tax is included in everything that you buy in this country, right? Like you, if you buy something, VAT is on top. If you're a business, you can be VAT registered. And if you pay VAT, you can also claim back VAT. It is a system that I will never understand, right? Like I know. I've never understood the reasoning If I don't have to pay the VAT, why do you charge me the VAT? Because I'm just going to get it back from the government later on. So, like, what's the point? Yeah, it, it feels like someone has a job because of this. They're like, what if, they, if, if I change this system, then I lose my job? But so, sometimes, yeah. I don't know if you've ever come across this, you can give your VAT number to a company and they don't charge you the VAT. So why do I? <laughs> ever have to pay the VAT. I don't understand. Someone will try to explain this to me. No one will ever make it make sense to me. My accountant has tried many times and failed. I know. I've, I've, give, I've given up on this entirely as well. But the thing for foreign listeners to understand is one of the ways this really catches you if you're looking for office rent, because I've come across the same thing of the prices are listed without VAT, but it's so unusual for the UK because you just never think about the VAT tax because it's just part of the price in every normal day experiences. All consumer purchases, Yeah, the only price you see is with the VAT included. Yes. This isn't like, I know that some sales taxes in America is a different thing where you see the price without the tax and they add the tax on, but that does not happen here because VAT is like a given. Everything is has VAT added onto it. So you forget yeah, you, you just forget that this is even a thing that exists, except when you remember how pleasing it is to see a price that is listed as five pounds and you can hand someone a 10 pound note and get a five pound note back. Like mm-hmm. the incorporation of the tax allows there to be nicer numbers in an easy way that the, like adding sales tax on later doesn't allow. Mm-hmm. But it does mean that you forget that it even exists until you start trying to budget for an office and realize you're off by a 20% margin because in this one case, it's not listed. Yeah, it's infuriating. Which is, you know, 20%. It's a lot of percent. Yeah, it's yeah, 20%. It is a lot of percent. <laughs> yep, especially in when it, well, office space costs you, right? Like, it's a yes. lot of money. Yeah. And then everyone wants a deposit, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like you're going to pay us three months rent up front. And this yep. is one of those things where it's like a business thing where I was like, haha, you got me. Where it's like, first year's rent is this amount, second year it goes up by 5%. And it's like, okay, fine. Oh, but the deposit is based on the second year's rent. I'm like, all right, you got me, right? It's yeah. just like, there's mm-hmm. no reason to do this other than the fact that you want more money. And I treat a deposit like this as money that is gone. And if I get it yes. back at the end, yeah. that will be a bonus. But that money has left forever. Yes. Yeah. That is that is psychologically the best way to deal with a deposit. Yep. Business internet, very expensive. It is three times more expensive than my home internet and lots slower. I was going to say, that's because it's three times faster, right? No, like... no, no. But what they tell me is, oh, there's a 24-7 support line. Like, awesome. But unfortunately, this is the only downside for me in this building is mm-hmm. I can only use the internet service provider that they have made the deal with. Right. So, and and the business internet company needs a deposit. Why? They, yeah, they have to pre-purchase your internet. I think that's what, that's what it is. I guess that's how like, it works. Yeah, sure. It certainly has nothing to do with the fact that they can extract a deposit because they're the only ones that you can deal with. And what else are you going to do? Yeah. Right? yeah, we have a deposit that's five times the length of your contract pay in advance mm-hmm. deposit. That's, that's what they do. The thing that you have to worry about here, Mike, because like I feel your pain. 
I feel your pain so deeply with these creeping costs. Mm. And, you know, as listeners know, I, I gave up my glass office in advance of last summer. I had a lot of reasons to do it. But one of the reasons was this this creeping cost effect where even after you've moved in, I started finding these situations where it's like, well, we've got you now. And so like, oh, there's an additional service cost for this thing. And there were just a number of little like added things here and there. And you're like, God damn it. You know, if I'd known all of these costs in advance, I would have I would have thought about how long I'm going to sign up for this in a very different way. And it's just it's a frustrating situation that's very different from a residential rent situation. Because I think it's very easy to impose these kinds of creeping costs on a business, partly because of the way business taxes are done and the way that a person has to think about business expenses, but also because the landlord knows you're renting an office because presumably the business is profitable enough to pay you and your salary is at least somewhat flexible. So like, there's just this... There's this way in business real estate that the wrench can be turned in this slow and frustrating way. And I was feeling that a lot with my previous glass cube. And I was like, forget this. Like, this is this is too much. I'm out of here. Goodbye. Yeah, you you were in a slightly different situation to me, though, where, like, I feel confident in mine because there kind of isn't really anything they can do. I feel mm-hmm. like, I mean, I may be proved wrong, but... Yeah, we'll check in in a year. We'll check in, yeah. If there's a door fee or anything. Yeah, sure. But yeah, it, it is like, all of these things do just make it very frustrating because with the business, you feel like, okay, I want the budget. I want to know how much it costs. You know what I would like the most? I'd like to know all this information up front when I'm trying to make a decision, but it's fundamentally impossible to know that stuff up front. Yep. But I'm I'm really glad that... You've been able to front up the internet deposits and whatever other deposits you need. And even though you're tiny in the it, often the vast distance of of the space that you have, yeah, uh, you look you look so happy. Well, because this was also after I'd been through my like, oh my god, I can't afford this phase, and then right, you know, it it took some work, but I was able to like shore up the savings. So I've been saving for this kind of thing for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I was able to kind of like do some different budgeting and work out like, all right, can I afford this? How long can I afford this for? And I felt pretty good. I had a meeting with my accountant. Like I felt good right. about it. And I have, you know, made sure that like, you know, I have a six month break on my lease and mm-hmm. I have enough savings for those six months. So if all Great. else fails, Great. right, like they are there and I can pay the rent that I have to contractually pay if something terrible happens and I have to leave, right? So, like, I'm just going to keep that locked away forever. That's going to just stay in my my bank account, right? So, that's mm-hmm. just there. You know, and then I also had to set aside a budget to furnish it because it's completely empty and it's one big room, which means it's very echoey. I'm not there now, no, mm-hmm. because it is completely impossible to record audio in there right now because... <laughs> It's just one big echo chamber. I'd, I'd like to hear a snap test in that room, right? Where, where you're testing for audio, you snap your fingers and you see how long it takes for the echoes to die down. It's getting better. Uh-huh. It's getting better because we have started furnishing. Okay. But it's like I have to kind of, I can't move into the studio until we have finished furnishing. Right. Because 
until we have finished furnishing, I won't be able to work out how much more soundproofing we need to do. Oh, right. Yes. Right, right. Because you just want to see what's the state of things with all of the furniture in there. If I can if I can ask you a question, though, Mike, mm. because in, in this photo of you looking very happy with your arms outstretched, you have little squares and rectangles yep. marked out on the floor. Is that from you? Is that like your yes. plan for what stuff is? Mm-hmm. We have done that. Okay. So are are you planning to subdivide the office into different rooms? No. Okay. So it is still going to be one big open space. One big open space, but with okay. different stations. Right, right. That is going to make the soundproofing much more difficult, though, if you're, if you're going to keep it as a big space. Yes. Okay, so the only part that I have to soundproof, like really soundproof and reduce echo, is what I'm calling the recording station. Okay. So at the moment, like I have ordered these soundproof panels that will go behind my desk, mm-hmm. like these big kind of freestanding panels. I've ordered a bunch of foam to go on the walls. Mm-hmm. Then with all of the furniture that we're buying, which is like multiple desks, some soft furnishings, rugs, all that kind of stuff, I'm hoping that will be enough. Mm. If it isn't, we'll keep trying to add different soundproofing things. You know, maybe mm-hmm. we would put something over the top of the desk as well, mm-hmm. and I feel like we could probably get it done. If none of that works, I'm going to get a booth. I'm just putting it in there. Right, yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's kind of what I was wondering, is if you're mm-hmm. going to get like an actual booth booth. I don't want to do that, because I don't want to feel like I'm trapping myself in this tiny little prison every time I'm recording. Right. But that is like the worst comes to worst situation. But I am okay. also very confident that we can do this, because there are many YouTubers with much larger spaces that can do it. Mm. Okay. So like, I'm confident it can be done with like enough foam and furniture and soft furnishings in that environment, I will ask if any Cortexans have tips for soundproofing large environments, please put them in the Reddit thread. I would love to see it. But I do feel like I can get what I need with the stuff that's available because we currently have just got some soft furnishings and a couple of pieces of furniture in there, and the echo is decreasing already a lot from when hmm. it was just completely empty. So considering how much better it is and how little we have in there right now, I'm feeling confident that we can get it to a place that we want it to be. So, you know, but Mm. it is priority number one, right? Well, okay, it's the highest priority, but it is not the first thing to be done because we have to furnish the whole thing. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Health IQ. At some point in the last couple of years, you've maybe created or maintained a healthy habit, whether that's getting enough sleep, working out, or just trying to eat the right food. If you live a healthy lifestyle, you could be rewarded for your hard work with more affordable life insurance rates, and you could save up to 41%. Just take the Health IQ quiz, and then they'll walk through the entire process of applying. The policy is underwritten by one of their top insurance partners, and there will be a real person at the end of the phone that you can chat to. The savings are exclusive to Health IQ, so you won't find them anywhere else, but you do have to qualify to get that special rate. If this year is your year of health and you've started it off great and you're doing a great job and you're into nearly into March and you're making some big changes, maybe now is the time to think about how this new lifestyle could help you save some money. To see if you qualify, go to healthiq.com slash cortex to take the proprietary health IQ quiz. Depending upon your score as well as other related qualifying factors, you could save up to 41% on your life insurance premiums compared to other providers. Again, that's healthiq.com 
patreon.com slash cortex to let them know that we sent you and to start the process with a health IQ quiz. There's no commitment and you'll learn even more about potential opportunities to be rewarded for your commitment to living healthily. One more time, that is healthiq.com slash cortex. Our thanks to Health IQ for their support of this show and Relay FM. I think for me to talk about the furniture that we're getting, I will tell you the plan for what Mega okay. Studio is going to be because you will see in the image masking tape on the ground. Right. The masking tape is kind of delineating the stations in the office. So Adina taking the photo is standing in the recording station, which is like the far corner. I wanted to do it in a corner because I figured that would allow me the maximum amount of foam to go on the walls. Is the end that you're standing in, is the entrance off to the side there? Or is the entrance where... Okay. The entrance is off to the side of where I'm standing. Okay. So there is the recording station. Mm -hmm. There's also kind of like this little um, angle to the wall. So like, you know, if you have like a chimney breast... The wall comes out for a moment. I don't know what a chimney breast is. Do you okay. mean just a chimney that goes up the wall? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's called a chimney breast when it comes on the wall and it makes I the indentation in the wall. Real. That's not you're you're messing with me. No. Oh no, you're totally right. That's a thing. Okay, yeah, I know it's a thing. Right, great. <laughs> so uh, there's something like that. It's there isn't a fireplace in our office. I kind of wish there was. Uh, this would be amazing. But I and I figured like you know that's where they've got like that kind of thing in front of me. So I feel like I'm gonna just like foam all of that up, and I'm hoping that enough angles with foam will I don't know trap the sound. Who knows mm-hmm. how it works? We'll find out. Uh, so that's that. I then have that's not going to be my desk though. So this is a different thing for me. I'm going to have a desk where I record, mm-hmm. and then a desk where I edit and do my regular work. Yeah, that's 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 great. Like I'm a, I'm always such yeah. a big advocate of separate spaces mm-hmm. if you can, mm-hmm. and you have a lot of space in exactly. which to subdivide separate spaces. So it's like I have a lot of space. I've seen a bunch of people. I've seen you do it. I've seen Austin do it. Like having these like separate spaces. Yeah, it seems just really good. And also, like, if I'm soundproofing it all so much, I don't want to be sitting there all the time on my own. I feel like I'm on my own in yes, there, like in this yeah. tiny little room when I have this huge studio. Yeah. So, like, I want to be able to break out of it when I'm not recording. So this is also going to be super different because this is going to be a very different working environment. I've ordered a desk for this station, which has two VESA arms. Oh, for the workstation. For the recording station. Oh, for the record. Okay. So it's a standing desk with two VESA arms so you can get Mm -hmm. the microphone at the right height? Nope. It is a standing desk, but that's not why I've done that. Oh, that's not why. Okay. So I have one VESA arm has a laptop mount on it and one VESA arm is for a monitor because my plan is I will be recording from a laptop. Why? That seems like a strange place to introduce even the possibility of less reliability. Well, I can't record and edit on the same machine right if i have two desks okay at least not in a way that i want to do it because that's Mm -hmm. running a lot of cables and i just don't want to do that but i always have to have a laptop for when i travel and record so it will be the same laptop oh so you're you're optimizing for simplicity and for travel with your recording setup is that what you're is that what you're doing that's what that sounds like yeah with the same gear that i used when i'm in the studio 
Yes. Right. Okay. Right. But yeah. So you're but you're optimizing for for traveling and simplicity with a laptop for recording. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I guess that yeah. makes sense. So I'm going to be using that same laptop because I also just want like a super simple setup, right? Like as in like yeah. that is just simplicity a is very valuable. Yeah. We all know that. Yeah. So that's yeah. why we get standing desks instead. <laughs> so basically, this laptop is just set up for recording, and that's what I will use when I'm recording shows. Because really, recording a podcast takes nothing. Like from a mm-hmm. processing power, it doesn't need a lot of screen space. Like I'm, that thing will just be off on the side doing its thing, and then I'm going to have a monitor that it will be attached to where I can have show notes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that and that's I'm going to have a much smaller desk than the one that I currently have there, and that's why I got the Vesa mounts so I could have the desk space underneath, and that the computer mm-hmm. wouldn't take up any space on the desk. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be the recording station then my editing station is where my iMac Pro will be the machine that I'm currently speaking to you on now and right. that will be for when I'm editing and maybe for doing some types of work I will have that there as like that would be my main desk right and Adina will have her own station and work area there as well so we're getting her a new desk so she will be able to do her work from the studio because this is one of the other reasons that we want to get a space outside of home it's because I have this office she needs space to work too. And at the moment, mm. it's just working like basically on our dining table. Yeah. Which we both find frustrating. Like, her, you know, she needs space to work also. But because she doesn't have like podcast recording, it can be done in theory from anywhere. But that means it's being done everywhere. And yeah. we want to get work out of our home now. Again, this is, I'm with you so strongly on this. And like doubly so as a couple. Like, you don't want to have just one environment that's everything Mm -hmm. including all of your work Mm -hmm. so yeah like getting getting work out of your house if you can for the two of you is such a win yeah and this is one of the reasons we wanted a big space is because she deserves to have her own area as well but Mm -hmm. i also didn't want it to be us to be like just tripping over each other all the time so being able to get something big allows us to stretch out a bit i'm gonna have a secondary desk which will be like a hot desk for visitors because I love space if people want to come over. Uh, right. So we'll have like a monitor and stuff there. But this is also what I will use as my iPad writing desk, I think. Ah, okay. Right. So that's that thing I've been talking about for a long time. Right. You're going to have like a monitor that guests can plug into. Yeah. That's a great idea. That's a really good idea. Like a monitor and a, like a Thunderbolt dock. So I can plug my iPad into it. But then people can also bring their own device and just plug into it and they're good to go. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's the hot desk if you're in like a corporate environment. That just means <laughs> right. there's a cable and you plug into it. The area that I'm most excited about is the lounge area, hmm. which will also be a working area for me because I very frequently work on the sofa as well as working at a desk. So I wanted to recreate something like that in the office. So I've got a really nice chair and the sofa. Is this lounge area visible on the current rectangle pattern that I'm looking at? The area that I am standing in? Mm-hmm. That's the lounge area. Okay, good, good. I, f- I feel like the lounge area needs to be as far away from all the other areas as possible. Exactly, so I'm not constantly being called to the lounge. Yeah, and, and like I know this, this sounds dumb, but I, I don't think it is. I feel like you need some kind of visual screen a little bit to just separate the lounge area. Yes, we were thinking about doing that. Just visually, yeah, like some, yeah. some plants or so, like... 
mm-hmm. a little wall for soundproofing or something. But I think it's it's really important to be like, this space is separate. Well, let me run this one by you. Not only will they look different visually, we have different rugs for each area. Oh, perfect. Great. I'll yeah. show you those. I'll show you those in just a second. I have those too. And then also I want a gaming setup, but this will probably be the lounge area. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm not sure about yet is where the PC will go. That's the part that I'm not sure about yet. Because the gaming mm-hmm. PC could actually very easily live at the hot desk. Because mm-hmm. the original idea always was for me yeah. to set up my second desk in my office because it's effectively just a Thunderbolt dock with a Thunderbolt cable can be plugged into anything. I haven't, I haven't worked out where the gaming yeah. PC is going to go yet. I don't love the gaming PC at the hot desk if you're also going to use the hot desk as an uh, iPad writing desk. I don't like that. It's pollution. I'm just not sure. I haven't looked into this yet Like, because I want to get a nice TV mm-hmm. for the lounge area. Like how well PCs and TVs work together. Yeah, I think, but I think like you're crazy if you... You have a lot of space, but I don't think you have enough space to have a separate gaming area that's not also the lounge area. I mean, just, just like physically, sure, you could do it, but I think it's more like the psychological inf- distance from everything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really think the lounge area should feel a bit quarantined from from other things. And even just having yeah. the gaming PC there pollutes that a little bit. I don't, I don't like that. Yeah, okay. As my suggestion anyway. But yeah. but I'm like, I'm a little, I'm aware that I'm a little bit far on this, the end of the spectrum of try to have distinctness wherever possible. I definitely want it, but it's mm-hmm. really, it's just a technical thing because I haven't worked out yet. It's like, if I get like a 50 inch TV, can my gaming PC drive it? Like, I just don't know the answer. I haven't looked into it. Right. I mean, the answer is probably depending on the TV that I buy, but I haven't looked into it yet. So this is where we are so far. So we signed the lease like a week and a bit ago, like a week ago. So far, we have collected the keys. We've visited Ikea, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. And we bought at Ikea a small desk and some folding chairs so we could have something to sit and wait on with all of the inevitable deliveries that would be coming our way. <laughs> uh, we made our first Ikea order. Okay. The Ikea order has arrived already. Only one item missing. Every Ikea order has an amount of items missing, and we only had one. Right, that's pretty good. Yep, and in that included uh, like some rugs and stuff, and I'm pretty happy with the way that some of that stuff started to come together already. The lounge area rug and a beautiful lamp that I fell in love with and a TV cabinet. We built a Kallax, you know those things, right? I don't, uh, what's a, I don't know what a Kallax is. It is like the standard Ikea storage system. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, know th- I know that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm not really up on my exact names for all the different things in Ikea. That just uh, means you haven't <laughs> shopped at Ikea enough. So bravo to you, I guess, for not having to go through that. It's always a weird mix of very fun, but also super stressful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, what, that's what every trip to Ikea is. Like, oh, all of these pieces are delightful, but also this is incredibly stressful. And I ordered a, like, alarm system. Okay. Not like one of the, you know, like, kind of like the smart home Internet of Things type alarm system, you know? Okay, okay. Right, like, not one of these ones installed by, like, a big professional, but one that's just like, oh, there's some cameras you can set up and some door sensors and stuff like that. Right, so right. like okay, I wanted yeah. to be able to control it myself. It's good to have something that's on a separate layer from whatever the building itself provides. Yep, 
And I want to do a bunch of smart homey stuff in the office, right? Like I want to have, like we have those big overhead lights and I do not want to use those. So like the plan is get a bunch of other light, like lamps and stuff that Mm -hmm. can hopefully fill the room. And I want to go all hue with that stuff, which, you know, means we have to decide a smart home system, right? Yes. Like a voice assistant going all Amazon Echo in the mega studio. Interesting. Interesting. What's the reasoning for that? It is better at that stuff. Just the home integration stuff is better. Yes. Like, I find Siri and HomeKit to be faster, Mm -hmm. but the Amazon Echo ties into more services more easily. Mm -hmm. So we've decided that that's what we're going to go for. And I also, I observed the usage patterns in our home, and Adina uses the Echo more than the HomePod. Right. So I figured that let's go with what we're both used to, and we went with that. The alarm system that we use ties into it, so I can arm it from the Amazon Echo just by my voice. Mm-hmm. It ties into so many other services really easily that we just decided to go with that. And also, Amazon were doing a deal on, like, you could get two of their Echo Plus and this, like, subwoofer thing for the price of a HomePod. <laughs> Well, yeah, HomePods are not cheap. No. Apple's not helping themselves there with no. that. So, but it's like we don't listen to a ton of music typically. But I now have a system that can do good music in the office because it comes with like this subwoofer, and uh, the reviews were good. And um, mm-hmm. but really, like I just wanted to get two Echoes for a good price. Right. I don't know if this is the this is the case. This is just my anecdotal experience. But especially in a place where you're going to be recording. I have I have rarely found when I'm in homes that have echoes that the echo is falsely triggered and yes. starts to talk to you. Yes, this is a big part right? of it. Yeah. Yeah, which is a which is a real danger of so like my office at home where I'm recording to you right now, I have a home pod that I use to play thunder sounds on, right? Because it's always necessary. Mm-hmm. But I went into the settings and did the thing where I said, like, don't ever listen to me. Like if I, you know, if I'm not physically touching this HomePod, it should never be listening. And that's entirely because of false triggers while recording. And the HomePods are real chatty about those false recordings. Like, hmm, what were you saying? Uh, oh, I didn't quite catch that. And it's like, no, no, no. That's not what you need when you're when you're recording. So uh, I, I wasn't sure if your experience with the Amazon Echo is that they're just triggered less. But that's that's the way it seems to me anyway. Oh, definitely. Like, we have both a HomePod and Echo within earshot of each other. And mm-hmm. every, like, it feels like at least once a day, the HomePod's like, hmm? Yeah. But the Echo never gets set off. Yeah. Like, okay, it not never. It does happen, but way less. Like, I would say to a factor of five is the difference hmm. um, yeah. of these two things going off together. So, but like, the Echo right now is just, it ties into way more services. And so it just made it felt like the logical choice for us for everything right. that we want to have going on in the studio. Oh, this is great though. This is really exciting. All, all like all the stuff you already have, the plans. Uh, like I'm, I'm really excited for your office, and like the space is huge. I'm I'm very curious to see it when you feel like it's it's reached operational mode, and like to see what you've done with the whole thing. It's going to take a lot of work. So, yep. like, you know, we're there every morning, crack of dawn at the moment, because we have deliveries coming, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. we have to be there to accept the deliveries. 
So that's like a when I talk about why I'm so tired, it's that plus like building yeah. all this furniture and you know it's just like a whole it's like a whole big thing, right? Oh yeah, it, yeah, and it's a big psychological deal moving into a new space like this. So yeah, it's like it's it is a tiring sort of thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking at your pictures. Okay. I got immediately distracted by the fact that we have the same little toolkit from Ikea, I guess. Everyone the has orange, the Ikea toolkit. The kit. little orange one. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I bought that, I don't know how many years ago, but I but I have it. I see all your deliveries. Like, yeah, I, I like these little photos. I see... They see the, the Calax, the big grid I was going to say, I forgot the name for it, but yes, I see the Calax mm-hmm. on top of your, your very fancy rug yeah. over there. Ikea yeah. rug. So I like it. I like it a lot. And I, I do think I do think the rugs are really good for like subtle psychological reminders of the separation of the spaces. So yeah, I like this. Yep. So my I have the red rug. Me and Adina are at our desks. We have green versions of that red rug, mm-hmm. and then the lounge area has like a high shag rug, right? Like it's really like it feels really soft, and mm-hmm. you know, so that and then also the you know the sofa is going to be there, and we're thinking about getting a screen anyway to go behind the sofa. So mm-hmm. people can't see in, right? Right. So well, because we we're not allowed to like cover. That's it. We can't cover the window mm-hmm. in case there's a fire. So everything's to do with fires, apparently. I would love to be moved in in March. That's the mm-hmm. goal. I mean, our sofa won't arrive until the end of March because sofas take a long time. Yeah, it's always weird how long sofas take. I don't understand. Yeah, we bought from a company that makes them. That's why, right? That like you order it, they make it, and then they send it to you, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like that's why it takes the time it takes. Uh, But, you know, like the sofa is going to be, I reckon is also going to be one, it's going to be like one of the largest soft furnishings that we have. But then it's like there's desks coming and then we need to then move some stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's all very like the timing of everything is going to be really tricky. Mm-hmm. Because I have to feel confident that the room is soundproofed before we can move, and but that but also not all of the furniture will be there. Yeah, but this I think this is easy. Like you should you should think about soundproofing it in absence of the sofa, and just go from there. And then the sofa's yep. bonus. That's kind of where I'm going with it. But then it's like, I've got to wait for these screens, which I ordered, and the company has not shipped them yet, uh, or given me any kind of update. Like, I don't don't know when they're supposed to be shipping. It said they had them in stock. It's like, we have them in stock. Why ain't you shipped it? You know? How how in stock is it? If they're all just (laughs) sitting there processing. I I am getting, like, severe flashbacks to when we bought the house. Right, yeah. Because we were also on a lot of time pressure then, right? Because, like, we had to leave my family home because my right. mom had sold the house right so it's like wow well, yeah there, there was go. a real get out deadline with yeah. that one. yeah 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 you got you gotta go because there's no house for you anymore so like when we owned it we were like just being slow right getting things done and it was like whoop can't be slow anymore and for me like i know how much money this office costs me every day i'm not in it <laughs> right yes i yes. know that i know that number because it's very easy to divide the rent by 30. Yeah, th- yeah, this is the like I need to extract more value out of this space per day than this mm-hmm. number. Yeah. And it's also a reason I'm probably going to travel less this year because I can work out how many studio days and a, tra- a plane ticket costs. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but I'm cool with that because I you know, one of the reasons I traveled as much as I did is I would look for excuses to travel where I could because I liked the breakup 
in my life, right? Like of like mixing stuff up, not being at home so much, going out and doing different things in different environments. And I feel like that I'm going to get a lot of that out of the studio, you know? Mm-hmm. It's going to be really weird to have a commute again. Yeah, how long is your commute going to be? It's between like 20 and 40 minutes, depending on the connections. Like it's all okay. public transport. Guarantee this is what makes us get a car. Yeah. Because it's 10 gonna... minutes in a car. Right, yeah. And and even that variance is quite high mm-hmm. of 20 minutes if the connections work great, 40 minutes if they don't. Mm-hmm. A 50% variance is that's difficult to plan for. So... One hundred percent. This is this is why you get a car. Yep. Like you're you're gonna have a car uh, as soon as you can yep. with this office for sure. Oh yeah, but you know, but we're in a great area. It's like it feels. It's like one of those kinds of areas. It's full of creative stuff, right? There's lots of little restaurants and things, and and I also found a swimming pool within walking distance, Ooh. which I'm really excited about because that would be lovely to start being able to do again. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, I'm really I'm really enthused by this place. Like it's going to take a lot of work to get it to where we want it to be, but if we're able to, you know, move in in late March or early April, like that's going to be kind of incredible and it's going to make a big difference to our lives like in a lot of ways and and I'm it you know it seems kind of funny that like I've been searching forever. Then I mentioned on this show that I couldn't find anything, mm-hmm. and then within a week I'd found something <laughs> and gone to see it. Mm-hmm. No, but that's that's great. Like it's such an exciting project. Uh, just like the clay pots, mm. it's also a project where you can very clearly see the physical difference that you're making with the space. Uh, assembling IKEA furniture with your bare hands. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like this is this is a great project in and of itself. But I'm also excited for you that you've found an office space and a a place to work outside of the home. And I just I think you're totally gonna love it once you move in. I think like the one last thing I wanted to say on it is like you know talking about the finance part. It's that you know saying it's like at the top end of my budget, which isn't necessarily the best way to go into a thing like this. But this is one of those things where. I feel like I'm taking a bet on myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that every now and then when you run your own business, it's a risky thing to do, but it can be quite a rewarding thing to do. You know, like 2020 Mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons I'm hoping is going to be like a really great year. I'm really excited about the test drivers and where that could go. I'm really excited about Cortex brand and where that could go. Yep. And Relay FM has started the year off really strong. And, you know, so I'm like, there's like a bunch of things going on right now after 2019, right? After like my year of stabilization, I got myself into the position where I was then ready to start moving different things forward. And now I feel like I'm kind of like pushing all the chips in, you know, like I, I, I feel like I've got this momentum right now where a lot of stuff could go really well this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I genuinely believe that having like this dedicated workspace is also going to help me manage that a lot better. I, you know, I'm kind of planning at the moment like to have no recording gear at home. I, I think if you can get to that place, that's a good place to be. Because like I thought about like, oh, I'll have it at home for travel, but it's like, no, no, I can just, no, I can just yeah. have my travel gear in the office and I take it home the day before I leave or whatever, right, to pack it. But yeah. it's like it will put into place like way more boundaries in my life whilst also at the same time giving me like when I'm when I am working more focus on work because I will be in a working environment. Right. Like I feel like 
bringing that routine back into my life is going to be a big difference maker for me that I'm really excited about after five years of doing what I'm doing. Mm. But now I feel like I'm at the right stage to be able to take that bet on myself that I won't lose money on this. Mm-hmm. Right, like that's kind of where I'm coming at it from right now, and but I have also I'm not stupid and I have the safety net, right? Yeah, yeah. That's but that's the way that's the way to do it. Yeah, you want you want to take a bet where you don't lose everything mm-hmm. if you lose that bet, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm with you on this. Like you have a number of projects that like it's it's a good time for you to have a separate physical place Mm -hmm. because of what you said and and like and why i've always loved really separated areas is it makes you more more serious about work and it makes you more serious about when you're not working which is what's necessary for like long-term health in all areas of your life and so i like i love that even having this office has already made you think about i don't even need to store my travel podcast gear at home like i think that's a great sign and yeah i i really think it's it's a good time for you to have a separate physical space and and to work on all of the various projects in the mike universe and this is this is a good place to do that 